All right. Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show. And this show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making people healthier in this world. I'm super excited today to have Walid Michelin. Dr. Walid Michelin is the Senior Vice President for Clinical Planning and Innovation. He's the Chief Medical Officer at Arch Care. He's done a lot of great stuff. He's doing some really good stuff in home care, health, uh, home care, uh, health home care. And uh, anyway, he has a great, vast background. Excited to have him on the show. Uh, Dr. Michelin, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Anthony. It's my pleasure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, well, first of all, yeah, thank you for making time. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about what led you to become the person you are. T tell us your origin story and you know, the series of events that have led you to, to where you're at today. Um, sure. Um Dominican and Palestinian. Uh, my great, my grandparents migrated to Dominican Republic from uh, Palestine, and my father went back to study medicine in in Beirut, Lebanon. Met and married my mother there, and then they came back to the Dominican Republic. He's a physician. He was a physician, and then we migrated to the United States when I was 11 due to the political turmoil in Dominican Republic at that time. My, my father, my family has always been involved in social issues wherever they've been. Uh, so both my mother and father continue that tradition here and inculcated in us that we owe a debt to society because we are members of it and we need to contribute. And so that's... Mm -hmm. At the same time, I became interested in medicine uh, for obvious reasons. My father influenced me a lot. And I knew that I could not get my chances to get into a medical school significantly increased due to the civil rights movement. And had it not been for the civil rights movement, many of us uh, African-American, um, Latinos, and other ethnicities would not have made it into medical schools. And so I felt that I needed to give back to that to that movement and give back to society. I love it. I love it. No, it's a it's a powerful background. I appreciate you sharing uh, your background uh, and, and what you've been through, um, Dr. Michelin. Um, you're based on your background and based on your focus and your passion. You know, it's led you to this area at Arch Care. Maybe for our listeners, can you tell us a little bit about? your focus at Arch Care, what does Arch Care do? And, you know, how is Arch Care, you know, in this space, you know, how's it different than like, you know, care in other markets or in other areas? So just love to learn a little bit more. Sure, so Arch Care is the health network for seniors over the, usually people over 55 years of age. It's the, the health network for the Archdiocese of New York under, um, under the Cardinal here. And it encompasses all of New York City and goes all the way up to Ulster County, which is the middle of New York State. It's a fairly large territory. We talk about 200 miles or so. Um, we have five nursing homes. We have a home health agency that mm -hmm that provides care throughout the, that region I described. 
we have three um, managed care programs. One is for uh, people that are admitted to nursing homes and need uh, special care. It's called a special needs plan. Or are living in congregate care in the community and need special attention. Another one is called the managed long-term care company, which uh, provides supplies and home health aids to people in Medicaid that are eligible for those services. And the third is what's called a, a program for both inclusive care for the elderly, which is for people over the age of 55 that have either Medicaid or have Medicaid and Medicare and are eligible to be in a nursing home, but we take care of them at home. And that program is both a um, it's both a managed care plan, so we pay for all of the services that the members receive, that really in pays their co-participants, but we also provide care. So we have health centers for these members as well. We provide their transportation, we arrange their specialty care. If, let's say, a member, a participant's air conditioner goes down during the, the summer, we send someone to, to fix it. Uh, as well, we go to the home and provide therapy if need be. We have a social daycare center where the members come and not just talk to each other but engage in different uh, activities or see shows and listen to lectures to get fed. Uh, and if they need a home health aid at home, we provide that too. If they need nurses to make visits, uh, we do that as well. We also have a, what's called a time bank for people that volunteer their time to help others and then they get back something in return. So if there's a, a person who's lonely or depressed and wants someone to visit them at home or call them on the phone. Um, we do that and then if the person who does that, that volunteer, says, say, wishes to learn guitar and there's someone that knows how to do that, we link them up so that people give and they receive at the same time. Mm. We also have, as I mentioned, a home health agency, uh, but we also have a mobile clinic that um, travels uh, mainly upstate to provide care to the uh, people without insurance, which in many cases happen to be people that are uh, undocumented. And then in our nurse, one of our nursing homes, Terence Colonel Cook, um, we have a special program f um, and, uh, for people with HIV that need chronic care or they're acutely ill and need a short stay. And then we have what we call a specialty hospital, which is two floors for children with, who were born with either severe brain damage or, or people that have a traumatic brain injury and really need to be there like for the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, comprehensive care. Um, you know, um, our mission is, is based on that, on giving and providing the care wherever we feel it's needed within the boundaries of the archdiocese. I love it. I love it. Dr. Michelin, thank you for, yeah, thank you for describing what you do and, and, and obviously so much passion that you're pouring into the programs, the structure and the scale of what you're doing. Um, 
Dr. Michelin, can you tell us a little bit about, or tell me a little bit about, you know, you're seeing so many topics in healthcare and what you're doing. Tell me a little bit about one or two items or things that you're seeing in healthcare that really have you fascinated today, whether it's technology, a new trend. Um, love to just hear more about what has your passion in healthcare today. How much time have you got? <laughs> a lot. As and, much as you uh, want to pour, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a listener and I'm a receiver. So. <laughs> so let me start with the economic piece first. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that healthcare, is, as I'm sure many of your listeners are aware, is running out of control in this country. Mm -hmm. And it's very inefficient. We rank 32nd in, in quality of, of healthcare in, mm. in the world but are the most expensive um, model that, that we have because it's not well organized. And so for years, they, uh, the government and um, big businesses uh, have, and some insurers have tried to control those costs mm -hmm. through things like managed care and publishing quality measures, et cetera, et cetera. And that, that hasn't worked. Mm -hmm. For a number of reasons that you know we can get into if you want to, but it's a little complicated. Um, so I think they threw their hands up and said, "Okay, we're going to push the risk down to the providers." And so what's happening now, Medicare, for example, is incentivizing, initially incentivizing hospitals, physician groups to join what's called an accountable care organization. Mm -hmm. So. Let's say that the group or the hospital spent, uh, I'm going to make a number of 20 million of uh, Medicare, Medicare's money in taking care of their, of their patients. Mm -hmm. if, the, if once they join, the next year they, they only spend 18 million and say Medicare 2 million, then Medicare keeps a million and they keep a million. Mm -hmm. Now, this has been going on for five years, but I think that going forward, this is going to become mandatory. And so the reward's going to be less. And eventually, the, the government will say, you're going to have to do this. Right. The other piece is that they're trying an experiment called um, bundled payments for coordinated uh, for care improvement. And if someone has, let's say, um, needs a hip replacement, uh, Medicare determines, let's say, in New York City on the east side of Manhattan, this would this would cost for 90 days total, let's say, a hundred thousand. And again, I'm making the number up. Right. They ask households to volunteer and say, "I will be responsible for 90 days of care for this person." For that hundred thousand, if I spend more, so for example, if the person after discharge goes back to the hospital, we will pay the other hospital or our hospital, or we will pay for all of that care for ninety days from the day of admission. If I spend less than what you give me, I keep the money. If you spend, if I spend more, then I have to, you know, eat it and pay it out of my pocket. Mm -hmm. So what the hospitals are doing, and this is voluntary now, 
but already the Trump administration has been hinting that it'll begin to be mandatory in 2020 or 2021, mm -hmm. uh, uh, mandatory. So the households are doing now is discharging the patients earlier to nursing homes mm -hmm. so that so that the care, a lot of the care of a person is now occurring more for certain conditions, not all of them, occurring more in a nursing home. And so that at least in New York City, and I'm sure in most of the country, nursing homes now are one half where people live, you know, because they have no place to go or they're, they have dementia and they need more care. Mm -hmm. But another half is where people have therefore what's called a short term stay just to make sure that they're, if you have a hip replacement, that you're able to walk well or if you had uh, before you go or if you had congestive heart failure instead of being treated full time at the hospital, you get part of your treatment at, at the nursing home because that saves the hospital money. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, it opens up a bed for another, for an acute case. Mm. So the care in, in, in the country is moving more and more towards ambulatory care, whether it's ambulatory surgery or health centers or physician practices, and more of care at the home. Mm -hmm. So if you're talking about technology, for example, we're piloting a program called Monitor Me, or a company called Imagine Med, mm -hmm. where we put a patch on the person in, in the home and that gets transmitted to a, what let's call a, a monitoring intervention center where there are nurses and ED physicians monitoring that person's EKG, oxygen, oxygen level, blood pressure, temperature, and, the, and eventually cardiac output so we'll know ahead of time if somebody's going to be really, really sick, mm -hmm. or, and, or if the person needs to contact a doctor instead of calling nine one one, they press their, we give them an iPad, mm -hmm. so they they press their, uh, the iPad and immediately get connected to a monitoring center, and so that they, the doctor can advise what to do. And if they need to go to the ED, uh, emergency department, then, you know, that's a different story. And the emergency room docs write in our charts and speak to our physicians and nurses so they're aware of what happened uh, with that person uh, during that event. Mm -hmm. We're now trying to see if we can send a team into the home within 60 minutes uh, so some person says, I'm short of breath, mm -hmm. we, you know, and it's not life-threatening, obviously, because if right. it were, then they need to go to the emergency room. Uh, so we can send uh, an EMT uh, person that would then link to um, this monitoring center so that they can push medications, et cetera, mm -hmm. that way. And eventually send a, a physician to the home and the patient can make it to one of our centers, even though we can provide them with, with uh, transportation. We have a similar model in some of our nursing homes for people that are very ill, and it's helped considerably uh, with the person's well-being, not just because it detects um, acute issues, but also because um, at the same time, 
you can tell if the person's going to get um, sick when when they do rehab, mm-hmm. or, or if they're doing well in rehab. So their time in, in rehab is increased, and they're able to spend shorter time with us and leave in uh, better health uh, as well. Mm-hmm. But it's, so it's had good results that way also. We're also exploring using uh, care coordination using artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're planning to, so that we can detect a, a week before that whether a person is likely to get uh, admitted, and then we can do an interventions you know way ahead of time uh, that way, and then trying to see if we can use artificial intelligence to uh, do risk stratification of of our patients and our and our uh, members and participants to see who's at risk of getting hospitalized or getting uh, seriously ill. I love so it. Just some of the things that we're doing. No, it's super powerful, Dr. Michelin. And um, congratulations on, first of all, the success. Congratulations on the efforts, projects, and initiatives that you've put in place. And, you know, a lot of what you're saying really almost was like unheard of just a few years ago, right? And so with the economics being ushered in, you see, you've seen tremendous opportunities to, to provide this care and be responsive in appropriate ways. Uh, and, and so obviously, congratulations on the success on, on what you're doing. And thank you for sharing your passions here on, on you know, what you're experiencing. And so it's really fascinating and refreshing to hear your perspective of this, of what you're doing in this market. Uh, Dr. Michelin, you know, one of my, my last questions I always love to ask is more vision focused, right? Can you tell me about the, the future of health care, according to Dr. Michelin? So what, what does the future of healthcare look like? What is the, maybe the optimistic future that we're marching towards and things you believe in health that, you know, we're getting, just love to hear the way, the way you see things playing out in healthcare over the next, you know, maybe five, 10, hundred years. <laughs> you know, there's, there's two rules of medicine, mm-hmm. um, like really in life. One is the golden rule, do unto others as you like them to do unto you. Mm-hmm. And the other rule is, the other golden rule is, he who has the goal makes the rules. <laughs> so the future of healthcare depends a lot and um, the politics uh, in this country. Mm-hmm. And there's a big push for Medicare for all, uh, which I think is, it's, is really the way to go. It's, and it's not the answer, by the way. It's just the first step because you need to have a coordinated system of health care with long-term planning, et cetera. And that's not what we have here. Mm-hmm. But... The the money, the people who have the real money, we the government, the large corporations, are pushing more and more for care at home, and more and more towards technology. Right. Uh, and and that's where healthcare is going, with fortunately a major focus on prevention, which is the it's the first time this happened in many many years. Um, that that. The finances have to shift so that mm-hmm. people that do prevention get reimbursed better than people who do a cardiac catheterization. Because right now it's very lopsided for, again, political uh, and technological reasons. Mm-hmm. 
But um, I think that's where the shift is headed, regardless of, of who is in the White House or the Senate. Mm-hmm. But how that gets transmitted will depend a lot on that. And um, it's going to happen, but it may not be in the way that's fair to to everybody, to the poor, uh, and to minorities, to women, you know, unless it's a big movement for health equity, mm-hmm. those inequalities will continue to occur. I love it. <laughs> I love it. No, it's a, it's a great future. I mean, it's, there's a lot of possibilities. I agree, like all these different, you know, economic, micro, mm-hmm. micro macroeconomic factors in play, policy, you know, government, but you know, in that shift, right? I mean, I think we're saying the same thing. You know, there bears with it a tremendous amount of possibilities, and as long as we're we do what's possible, what with with what we're given, you know, it's and obviously with leadership such as yours in this space, it's it's uh, it's exciting. It's exciting where, where we're getting to, and obviously some things need to happen on a macro level. Um, but but you know, there's a lot of good things happening as you as yes, you there are illustrated. Yeah, you know? I I agree with you on that. Dr. Michelin, this has been really great to have you on the show. Um, you know, I'm sure we can keep going here, and I'd love to uncover a lot more topics here. Maybe have you back on the show to dive deeper on, you know, some of the care management innovations you guys are doing. Just go a little bit deeper there. Uh, but we always love to give our our listeners a you know a bite sized segment. And so, thank you for opening the doorway and the paths in, in our eyes to to you know the home based element of of healthcare and the dimensions of what you're doing at ArchCare. Um, if our listeners would like to get a hold of you, what would be a great way to do so, Dr. Michelin? Uh, email. Okay. I'm terrible with phone. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Uh, w Michelin, M-I-C-H-E-L-E-N, at ArchCare, A-R-C-H-C-A-R-E dot O-R-G. Super, super. Dr. Michelin, thank you so much for being on the show. This was great. We'll link to that in the show notes. Love to, again, love to have you back on. Thank you for making time. Anytime, and, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to, uh, to vent and to express my views. <laughs> it was beautiful. This was great. Thank you. This was great, Dr. Thank you, Michelin. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you.